Hello. I should tell you that I have a secret fantasy of interviewing people like Oprah. Unfortunately, this is not that tonight, but I will do it here one day. This is a start that they're letting me up here. So welcome, everybody. How are you? It's very good to see you. Hold that in case the babysitter calls us and freaks out about your dog. All right. Um, it's so good to see all of you. It is so good to actually be here. I've been traveling quite a lot. If we haven't met yet, my name is Dana Masters. I'm married to Andrew Masters. Um, and I have my job takes me all over the place. I've been traveling quite a lot. And I'm just way more excited than a person should be to be here with you all tonight with my LVV family. Tonight is a really significant uh, night for us as a church family. Um, and we want to thank you all for making the time to be here tonight. Um, I'm going to start by praying for us, all right? Yeah. Holy Spirit, we just say, come, be among us, speak to us as we worship you and as we thank you for where you have brought us. And we look to you for where we are going. Increase your presence here tonight. Increase our awareness of you tonight. Hmm. Amen. So I don't normally read things like this, but I am a bit jet lagged and I don't trust my mind to do things like put together a complete sentence that makes sense. So I actually wrote this out. So just so that I um, say what I want to say. I remember, and I can't say I remember vividly because I was suffering from new mom stupor. Any new moms in the house? But I do, yes, I remember uh, about six years ago when Lagan Valley Vineyard was eight people meeting in our living room on Wallace Avenue. And I look around this room and I, I genuinely feel in awe of where the Father has brought us to since those moments in my living room. Um, and as you can tell, things, things don't look the same. God has blessed us incredibly. Uh, and part of what we're going to do tonight is something really important. We're going to pause and we are going to thank him. And we're going to thank him for where he has brought us as a community, what he is doing in us, and the people he has added to us. Andrew, Mark, Vett, and I began this journey to do with two things we felt the Father was asking us to do. The first one was to love one another and one another's families as if we were actually family, and to plant a community of people who bring the life of Jesus to Lagan Valley. It has been, and it will continue to be, one of my greatest honors, one of the greatest honors in my life to do life in community with these people that I get to share the stage with tonight. The four of us have always sought to follow Jesus wherever he leads us, and we've been on some adventures while doing just that, some crazy adventures. We began this journey, when I began this journey, God was already trying to speak to me about his call on my life, specifically, and about obedience. I'm a little bit hard-headed, though. So although I was called to be a part of the team that planted this amazing community, Lagan Valley Vineyard, I knew even then that... Uh, God's plan for me was not to be a church leader in the traditional sense. A couple of years ago, after lots of trying to change God's mind about this, I finally said yes to Jesus. 
um, who was asking me to give my life away as a musician. Some of you have heard that story. I talked about it here a few months ago. And as a result, I have now stepped off of the LVV leadership team in order to follow Jesus in obedience and make way for the new things he has for us. And just for clarity's sake, just in case anyone's like, oh my gosh, she stepped off. Because of the amazing team we've had for a few years now, it's actually been some time since I've had any actual responsibilities on the leadership team. I was kind of sort of like an honorary member, right? <laughs> so this, not, this big announcement actually probably does very little to change your life or to change our life um, in the community. But I just want to make this really, really clear. I am not stepping away from this Wilkinson Masters family I'm not stepping away from you, my community. I am an active all-in member of Lagan Valley Vineyard. I am still intentionally investing in this community with my finances, my time, and my relationships. You'll still see me when I am in town on Sunday mornings, serving with our little party, wrangling my own personal little party, um, sometimes speaking, sometimes leading worship, always up for a chat, and fully giving my life to Jesus the way he's called me to. And I just want to thank you. I want to take a moment and I want to thank all of you. Because in this, my own personal journey in this following Jesus, I have been loved by you. I have been supported by you. I have been encouraged by you. A select few of you have loved our family and that you've taken our children, cared for our children. That's some major stuff. And I just want to say thank you. Because... Um, Following Jesus with you has been one of the catalysts of inspiring me to give my complete and radical yes to Jesus in my everyday life and to do this life with him. So I just want to say thank you. So now I'm going to hand it over to Yvette. Thanks, Dana. I just want to honor Dana and just to let you know that at the end of tonight we'll get a chance to pray for Dana and calling on her life as a musician. And um, I just want to echo what she said about um, our heart uh, for family and the gratitude we have for doing families w family with these guys. And we feel that that's at the heart of our, our community, uh, that uh, we feel that our family, our family and our family uh, do family with you guys. And uh, we, we have that at our fabric and that's something that we, we deeply treasure. And as uh, new people join our community family that changes who we are and uh, uh, creates more of the life of Jesus in our city and um, tonight we're talking a little bit about change Mark's going to articulate that far better than me in a moment but I just want to talk a little about where I am at um, my, my role's not changing that much I'm staying employed as compassion pastor and uh, uh, senior leader with Andy although I'm no longer going to be uh, named as senior leader representing us nationally or regionally. That's been a, a personal journey for me that has just happened naturally, really, as we've changed shape. I had the joy of planting church with these guys uh, as we started about six years ago. And uh, when you start and you plant a church, you wear all the hats and do all the jobs. And we have the privilege of having grown quickly and wonderfully and... Um, under some wonderful leadership of Andy helping us to structure things as well, um, we've just naturally 
come into the places that we feel the Father has called us into, in our positions, in our lead team, in our staff, I mean to say, and in our community. And I found myself in a job that I absolutely love, and that's Compassion Pastor. And uh, one of the things for me that's personal to me is that I've chosen to stay uh, part-time in my work. That just suits my own personal capacity and my family's uh, rhythms and routine. And so I work part-time and I, I do that intentionally. And uh, because I've chosen to do that and I love the, the rhythm of my life right now, I am no longer choosing to represent us nationally or regionally um, as a church, but my role for you guys and in our church family doesn't change, as in that. Um, I will continue to invest in uh, asking Jesus about where we're going and supporting our staff in that, and also um, primarily looking at how, as a church, we continue to engage with our city and our community, bringing the life of Jesus to every person and every place. And um, I love the treasure that God has placed me in that I count it a deep privilege and I continue to give my life and to serve that. Probably, uh, as you can imagine, things have changed somewhat in the last six years from when we started out. Uh, we've grown in size and we've grown in influence and we've grown in impact as well. And that's one of the things I feel that we're called to as a church. I feel we're going to be a significant church in size, in influence, and impact, just regionally, city here, nationally, and also internationally as well. I feel God has a significant call in this church. We felt that from the very start. It's funny, every stage we've grown, it just felt like we're getting started. And again, at this stage that we're at now, We've gone from six to around about 500 people. It feels like another phase, another stage of growth. It feels like another beginning. And through over the last uh, number of years, to say at the start we did everything, it was kind of all hands on deck. As we've grown, God has brought some incredible people uh, amongst us. We've got a fantastic staff team. We've got some amazing leaders and volunteers in this community. So all of our roles have kind of changed over the last uh, five or six years. When I spoke uh, just at the start of the summer from um, our chapter two on uh, wine and wineskins, and I felt that was kind of prophetic. It was prophetic for some people in the community, for, for business and family and home. Also for us as a community, I felt it was, it was prophetic as well. I think the key to all of that is having the, the right wineskin to hold and contain what God is doing and also help to increase what we're doing and grow into the future. So for all of us, we've kind of been evaluating our roles and where we fit in and what God has called us to do. And I, we, we kind of feel that over the last while, the lead team, as we called it, when we started, has kind of come to a natural, a natural end. I suppose you call it a natural end. And for all of us then, it's, we were reevaluating re what, what our rules are and what was God was saying. We always want to join in with what Jesus is doing. That's kind of the key to what we've done. And for all of us, we want to stay connected to Jesus. God, what are you saying? What are you calling us to? So for, for us, for Yvette and I and Dana and for Andy, really that, that lead team as we had it has come to a, a kind of natural, a natural end, a natural close. So we're moving into a new season of leadership. It's an incredibly exciting season. I'm more excited now than, than I was six years ago about what God's doing, what he has for us in the future, and the structures that he placed. For me, my role, I'm going to transition more into the, the trustees, chair of the trustees role. I see that as a really more and more, if anybody's followed the kind of terribly sad events in Willow Creek over the last while, having a, 
a structure, accountability structure in place is so key to any community, especially as we grow, because the impact is so much greater the larger you are. So that, that's one of my passions, to, is to keep a structure, an accountability structure that's strong, that supports the leadership, that supports the community, and so that we have something in place that really does uh, protect us and guard us and look after this community from so many, from financially in so many different ways. So, so that's going to be my role transitioning uh, for, the, for the immediate future. I'm going to take on and put more of my, my efforts into that role. And it's really exciting. I think we're at an incredibly exciting place to see what God has done over the last six years. We do stand in awe. We, I want to say that we are so committed to each other as a family. We, we had a week in Portugal there, which was a fantastic week. And it's so good. We're committed to each other as a family. Our roles are slightly changing. Our kind of responsibilities are slightly changing. But as the four of us, we are so committed to each other. We started this out together. We have our backs. We love each other. And we want to see each one of us thrive in what God has for us in the future. One thing I want to say before I finish, I want to, I want to public acknowledge. I'm going to, I can't do this to cry. I'm going to acknowledge what Andy has done over the last six years. Whenever, whenever I talk about Andy personally and publicly, uh, the only word I ever use is exceptional. And it really is, that's the only word I can describe. I've sort of watched Andy over the last six years. I've kind of had the privilege of uh, getting to know him. And Andy is exceptional. He's exceptional in his leadership skills, in his character. I mean, Andy, we've been working with the trustees and the board. Andy's made some decisions uh, over the last sort of year or so that are incredible as far as integrity and accountability. And I've never seen it in, in a leader like that before. Andy's putting some things in place, which cost him personally, which cost him financially, but he he's, has the integrity and he wants this not just to be something that's uh, just a big church, but he wants us to go deep. He has such a heart for Jesus. And I just want to acknowledge what Andy has done over the last six years. We wouldn't be where we are today without Andy his influence and his leadership and what he's brought. And I kind of feel like I've had the privilege of kind of riding his coattails a little bit. And I get to do this. I, I, one, of, one of the things I felt when I started this out, I wanted to keep my job uh, and, and do what I'm doing. And one of the really exciting things about LVV has always been that what happens from Monday to Friday is crucial. It's as important and more important than what happens here on a Sunday are every day. And what God's called you to do when you go into wherever you go tomorrow morning, that is key. That's where God's called you. That's where he's empowered you. That's where he's given you authority. And we may not all work for a church full time, but what we do is crucial. And what we do during the week and what we bring the life of Jesus and the kingdom of God into our workplaces, into our homes, into our communities is so key. And for all of us, that's always been our heart. And I've had the privilege of being able to model that and be able to do that and to see the life of Jesus come to those around me. So I want to publicly acknowledge what Andy has done. I want to publicly acknowledge him. And Andy is going to take the role of senior pastor. So Andy will be effectively, from a vineyard point of view, Andy will be the, the point of contact now for vineyard. I mean, it was difficult for all of us anyway. I never got to any of the vineyard leadership things because they're, they're always on during the week, so I could never get to them anyway. So Andy was, effectively, Andy has been in this role for the last sort of couple of years because Andy has represented us nationally with the vineyard community. So it's really just acknowledging, uh, acknowledging that 
the change in our roles, and we're also announcing some exciting new uh, roles and new structures that Andy's going to talk about now. We, we've been chatting over the last few while about how this was going to go and what we are going to say, but he didn't tell me he was going to say that. Um, I would have maybe made Dana go next had that happened. Um, anyway, um, thank you, Mark. Um, it was really funny when Dana started her bit. I don't know about you. I know all the detail. I was like, this sounds like a, like we're leaving, you know? This is like... No. <laughs> it had all the trappings of, you guys have been amazing. We're... The Gold Coast of Australia just has Jesus all over it. Um, The mountains of Dramara seem to have Jesus all over them, not quite the same weather. Anyway, um, I want to just take a couple of minutes to share a wee bit of my own journey over the last couple of years. And uh, when we chatted about this in Portugal, um, what we kind of felt like was really important was to have a family meeting where the four of us could share our hearts. And I guess that feels like normal territory for us. We've committed to be honest with you as much as we possibly can uh, from from the very beginning. And um, we were chatting at the newcomers event just before this gathering about how when we first set out to do this together, we had this wonderful idea that none of us would ever work for church, you know. Not because, like, working for church is bad, but, you know, we, we were just convinced that, like, it's much easier to meet people who don't know Jesus when you're not a minister or a pastor, you know. And uh, as things grew, we realized that was quite a naive thought. Um, but I'll never forget a conversation I had with a friend about, oh, three or four years ago. And I was still working for What Now at the time, and church was starting to kind of gather momentum. And this uh, older friend of mine and I were walking around Glenarm Castle, and he looked at me, very posh Englishman, I'll not do his accent, but he said, do you know what your greatest danger is, and I said, what? And he said, you could flutter in a million directions and fly in none. Figure out what you're for and order your life around that. And I spent that summer in a bit of a tailspin because I'm from a family of uh, business people and um, a few teachers thrown in. And um, outside of my mom and dad, uh, up until very recently anyway, Um, There are no Christians in our family and values of the kingdom aren't overly prevalent. And um, I always felt this expectation, I guess, to to be successful in business. And church felt like the opposite direction. And um, But I knew that summer that what I was for was Jesus and his church. And so I was trying to figure out how to have a conversation with my grandfather about this. Lots of you have heard me talk about my grandfather before. And... uh, I walked up to his house at the end of the summer trying to figure out what was the end going to be to tell him that basically I was going to move into church full time. And um, in the conversation, I was avoiding everything but work. And he then said to me at one point, he said, and what about work? How are things there? And I said, oh, you know, okay. And again, tried to completely eject the conversation. And he said to me, what about church? Could you ever do that as a job? And uh, I said, well, funny. <laughs> yeah, I probably, I probably could. And I remember asking my grandfather about 10 years ago, like if he could sum up all of his wisdom into a couple of things, what would he say? And he said, oh, that's dead easy. Marry the right person and do a job you love. 
And uh, when he said, what about church? Could you do that? I said, yeah, I could. And he looked at me and he said, and you would love that, wouldn't you? And I said, yeah, Papa, I think I would. And he said, well, you know what I think about work. And it felt like an Old Testament father's blessing. And I remember walking back down the Macaulay Road with tears in my eyes, feeling like I, I, I had heard God really clearly on this kind of life's call. And so the last kind of, I guess, three or four years, I've been trying to, trying to work that out as best I possibly can to figure out what does it mean to, to uh, I guess, lead, lead God's church. And um, it's been the greatest privilege of my life. And I, I say this all the time. I, I get to travel a little bit with, with what I do, and I get to spend time in different communities of faith in all parts of the world. And um, this is not like um, lip service or a cliche. I have never met a community of Jesus followers like you before. And it is the greatest privilege of my life to... to I often say I, I feel much more like I'm trying to keep up than lead, you know. But um, over the last 18 months, though, that has become increasingly challenging and difficult. None of your fault, by the way. Um, Stu and I were chatting last week, and he said, what do you do with critical emails? And um, I said, I've never had one. That's true. I uh, train church planters all over Ireland. That's usually what most of them want to ask. What do you do with the critical emails? Um, I've had difficult emails, of course. You know, I've, n- I've never once in church had a critical email. And that says way more about your hearts than it does about me because <laughs> I criticize myself quite a lot. And I know I've certainly deserved some critical emails, certainly many over the last, over the last six years. But um, the workload over the last kind of couple of years has been a bit crazy. And I want to just lift the lid on a couple of things that have happened over the last six months, um, just so that you see the full picture and so that we can be honest. So we had a trustees meeting in April, I think. And um, I, I shared with the trustees that um, I wasn't redlining, but I don't, I don't know how you tell when you're redlining, but I was like, I don't, I don't feel like I'm redlining, but I think I'm close. And um, I think we need to do something, and I don't think I can keep going uh, the way things kind of are. And uh, we had a really frank and honest chat about the fact that we need some more staff, but uh, there is zero pounds and zero pence extra in the budget for that. And uh, it was a really hard meeting, and uh, the, the mood was a bit low as we kind of, everybody very empathetically and supportively was going, geez, Andy, we see where you are, but there's not a lot we can do right now but pray. And then Mark said, uh, we should probably talk about that gift we're going to give the journey. And um, I thought, yeah, that's a good change of subject. And um, the question was, how much should we give them? And I said, uh, I think five, £5,000. Which felt like a lot, but being honest, as far as our reserves go, we could kind of afford it. And Mark said, I think we should give them 10. And it's one of those moments, you ever get one of these, where like your friend says something that you know is right, but you want to be wrong? <laughs> and so when he said 10, I was like, oh my goodness, like, really? And we all knew it was right. And so it was really interesting about that meeting, and uh, talked to our trustees. The minute we decided to give the journey £10,000, hope and faith entered the room like, like I haven't experienced in a long time. We went from feeling pretty down, not quite despair, but feeling pretty low about our financial state 
And not that we were, in, it's not like we were running at a loss or anything like that. We just didn't have what we needed to go to the next place. And the minute we decided to give the journey 10 grand, the atmosphere completely changed. And I don't, none of us knew how this was going to be okay, but we just knew it was. I then got a phone call from a, a business person in our church who said, hey, can we meet? So that was the end of April. The soonest we could meet was the 4th of June, um, which happened to be 10 days after we gave the journey to 10 grand by the time all of the detail figured itself out. And I went to that meeting on the 4th of June, and um, this businessman and his wife met with me and said, God spoke to me in April, and that uh, we're giving you £120,000. And uh, it's for salaries and staff development, really specific. It's, and this is what he said, which was so profound. He said, most people like me want to invest in buildings or programs, because they're sexy. But life is in people, and we want to invest in that. And I, I went home. It, was, it actually happened to be the same hour that we sold our house. It was a bit of a mad day, and I got home, and Dana met with the door. She's like, I need to tell you something. I was like, I need to tell you something. You go first. You go first. And um, and what that uh, and that money uh, is now in our bank account. That was a bit of a mad day last week. <laughs> I went into the bank, and there's like a lot of money there. <laughs> so what, what that money has allowed us to do is uh, add some really significant and really strategic uh, staff positions that that we want to we want to tell you about and. Uh, the first one um, is that uh, Stu, who was preaching this morning and did an absolutely phenomenal job, will be starting in September as executive pastor. Um, <laughs> Look at him. And I feel from this moment on should be given his formal title of Stuart. Um, yeah. Um, and what's crazy is uh, Stu's job, and uh, he was interviewed by our board uh, last uh, the end of July, and uh, it was really, it was again just a profound God moment as the guys and Emma have listened to me. Um, articulate what's missing in our staff structure that um, is creating some of those other pressures for me. And as they kind of poked around a little bit, gently but directly, um, uh, Stuart, <laughs> uh, he art- articulated um, profoundly um, what our gaps are. And uh, we spent a couple of days uh, last week together just uh, dreaming about this next kind of uh, chapter. And I am just so excited about, in fact, let me say this, Stephen Bradley, uh, who's on our board, when, when Stu left the meeting and we were all looking at each other, Stephen said, where do you even find guys like that? <laughs> um you, I, I don't need to. I don't need to tell you, but but I will. Um, we have the most incredible Jesus follower in in Stu, and uh, I mean Stuart. His his gifting and talent is uh, it's exceptional, but way more than that. And um, we've been friends for nearly ten years. Um, his character and his love for Jesus is as strong and as deep. Uh, as anyone I know, and we are just thrilled 
um, they have moved from Ballyhackamore to Lisburn, and uh, and they did that before any of this was on the cards. Um, that that move was happening because they felt like God was speaking to them, uh, them as well about moving to Lisburn and plugging into to Langham Valley Vineyard, and so. Um, so, so Steve will be starting in September, and we'll have uh, so much fun as that kind of uh, happens. Uh, we have a couple more um, transitions and changes that that we want to um, let you know about. Uh, Kayla, who can't be with us this evening, Kayla has stepped off our staff team to move towards some more educational priorities over the next uh, year or two, and um, you'll still see Kayla around. Uh, make sure you grab her, give her a hug and wish her all the best in that as you see her over the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, you will have noticed a new signature, hopefully, on your weekly emails, for those of you that read them, and if you don't, you should. Um, the lovely Jenny Geddes. Where is Jenny? There's Jenny. We got... Look at her. Jenny's a proper, like, systems geek or nerd. And we are so excited about having Jenny in the office three days a week. You'll notice most of her, uh, most of your uh, communication will come from Jenny now. She's running the social media stuff, and we'll be running the, our finance in the in the office as well. So um, that's the lovely Jenny. And then. Um, we have added to our party people team uh, as of this month, Jess Teague, soon to be McConaughey. <laughs> Jess interned with us last year and uh, with our party people and did a phenomenal job, went to England for the last year, got an honours degree in education, PGC teaching, I don't know what you call that degree, but just in being amazing. She's a qualified teacher um, now, and um, we feel absolutely thrilled to have Jess formally on the on the staff team, and she's jumped in there to, to help Chris. That allows Chris to move more of his focus into house party and search party into our teens, and um, we, we're, we're super, super excited um, about that. So, that's everyone, isn't it? Oh, yes, Laura. Whew, thanks. Um, so Lou's, Lou's job, I know, sorry. Lou's job has changed. And um, so she's, she's obviously staying with us. Um, I say obviously because... If she, well, I say... I say Laura's obviously staying with us, not uh, for her benefit, but for mine. I feel like <laughs> I feel like Lagan Valley Vineyard would just break. Um, and uh, one of the really amazing things about this uh, restructure is I feel like um, we get to do what we say is one of our primary things, is we get to release people into their destiny. And... Um, Laura has done the most incredible job over the last couple of years. Uh, if you want to um, figure out the currency of the kingdom, just pay attention to faithfulness and watch what happens in the lives of people who are faithful. And I, I don't know if I've met somebody more faithful than Laura to just show up day in, day out, doing something that um, I know, <laughs> she knew, wasn't the most life-giving, wasn't the greatest fit, 
but she just gave herself completely to that. And uh, it is our privilege, actually, to, to write a job for Lou that is everything that she is and brings to our community. And so um, her, her new role has compassion absolutely at its core. She's going to continue to oversee Sunday gatherings and how we help people connect to each other and connect to the mission of Jesus in our city and, and in the world. She's going to be looking after our uh, global partnerships. If you didn't know, we don't have any. Um, <laughs> that's the easy part. Um but, but we, um, like Mark said, we, we felt from the very beginning that God has spoken to us about being engaged in the world, and, and we want to actually take that really, really seriously. And so part of Laura's job is to actually uh, spearhead that for us and uh, look at things like tribe tours, but even more than that, what would it look like for us to strategically partner with some people in different parts of the world um, to see the kingdom grow and extend in those places and then she will be uh, coming alongside a vet as they continue to um, lead us towards all of what's going on in the Lagan Valley region and in our city so um, so that's our that's our restructure um, and uh, again in the spirit of honesty I am pretty knackered but I'm so excited I am genuinely, genuinely so excited. And we did this in, um, oh, that's Mark 11, wrong place. We did this in our newcomers event, but I, I want to do this again for us now because whilst lots of things are changing, the truth is nothing's changing in terms of who we are and what we're for. And while we were in Portugal, it was really interesting because um, Probably the most supernatural experience of my life was God knitting our families together. And I say that having seen some of the most dramatic and miraculous healings. And uh, it was really interesting as we knew this leadership team needed kind of dissolved. But it was really funny as we were sitting around a pool with a glass of wine, um, all four of us realizing that on the one hand, the leadership team is kind of going away. But our commitment to each other... um, to our kids and to be family is as strong as it ever has been. Likewise, our commitment to follow Jesus and to say yes to him wherever he is leading us is as strong as it has ever been. And our passion to order our lives and this church around seeing the kingdom of God come to the Lagan Valley region, the surrounding areas, and wherever it is our feet find themselves is as strong as it has ever been. We will never, ever, ever apologize for being obedient to Jesus and for challenging each other to do that and challenging you to do that as well. So I want to um, read um, Isaiah 61. This has been kind of core text for us as a church from the very, very beginning. Uh, I want to read Isaiah 61. And um, then what we're going to do is we're going to worship for a bit and then I'm going to get uh, our staff, new staff, and our changed, changing staff, and Mark and uh, Dana and Yvette and I are going to come down here, and we're just gonna, I'm just going to invite you to come pray for us as we continue to move into this new season and chapter. So maybe it'd be helpful, should we, let's get, we'll get down, uh, band, come on back up, I'll read this passage as we move into worship, and then in, uh, after a song, I'll invite those guys to come up, and then please come and just move around and and pray for for us as we move. So you guys can grab your seats. 
Give them a hand. They did awesome. Right there, Jimbo. This is, uh, if you're able, will you stand? The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim freedom for the captives. And release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair for they will be called oaks of righteousness planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks, foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord And you will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. And all who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the soil makes the young plant come up and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. King Jesus, we are here to worship you. 
we confess humbly again tonight, this is not our church, it is yours. And Holy Spirit, we say again, you have our permission to be completely yourself here and in our lives. We welcome you. And Lord, we are so grateful for all you have done in this city, in our lives. Lord, we are so grateful. We say thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, you're better than we ever imagined. You're so good. And again tonight, Lord, we say yes to you. We say yes to your disruption. We say yes to being inconvenienced for the sake of your kingdom. We say yes to all your speaking over our lives, this city and this church. Come and lead us, Lord Jesus, we pray. As we lift your name high. Amen. One tiny piece of detail I forgot to mention there is there will be a new senior leadership team of sorts uh, that will be meeting with Yvette and Stu and I. Once Stu gets on, on board, we're gonna, um, we wouldn't be the vineyard if we didn't work in teams. It's a huge passion and value for us, you know, so that, that, will, that will continue. Um, what we want to do now is just take some time to pray for um, all of us involved in this restructure and change. Uh, we're to pray for Dana as she continues to lean into all that's swirling around her. If you didn't know, she's singing for Pope Francis on Saturday. Um, it's pretty cool, eh? Um, and uh, there's just loads there, and if you get time, you should ask her to share a bit about what the Lord's been doing with her over the last couple of years. It's been really, really exciting, but we're gonna, Dana's going to be over here. We'd love to love you to come pray for Dana. I'd uh, love you to pray for Mark as he continues to pour his wisdom and at life into our board and, and our whole church really but um, I'd love to pray for Mark uh, the, our new uh, new recruits are going to be up here Jess and Jenny and Laura and our new role are going to be up here we'd love you to come and pray for them um, Stu's going to come up uh, Vet and I will be up as well so we'd love you to um, love you to just um, we're just going to do this family style just just move around we're not we're not in a hurry it's, it's five past eight if you are in a rush off feel free to go at, at any time but we'd love to just take some time to um, to pray tonight as we continue to say yes to all that the Lord's